Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ormark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Carly Verhoff. She is the director of Sunshine Heroes, a great organization that focuses on changing the lives of children around the world. Uh, we're excited to have her. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here this morning. Well, we're really thrilled to have you and excited about uh, uh, what you're doing. I'm also excited that we're collaborating on a project in January, and I'm excited to get the word out about that. But please, let's start. Tell us about Sunshine Heroes. Okay, Sunshine Heroes is a wonderful organization. We're a 100% organization, a dollar in, dollar out, which makes us a little bit more unique than most. We focus on children and families, strengthening, giving them the foundation, clean health, water, education being the basis. We do international and local projects, which I love. Serving locally is so, so important. Um, we work with a lot with our basically strengthening partners within the community, making sure other nonprofits are really doing what they say they're supposed to do. So it, we just have a lot of fun in making a difference. That's great. Now, who, who's the founder of the organization? Travis and Laurie Hansen. Travis Hansen um, played in the NBA and then went onto the European circuit and there made, um, made some money. And he took that money and he started Sunshine Heroes Foundation as well as some other businesses that help support um, what we do here, giving us the opportunity to be 100%. Fantastic. Now, how does that work? How do how do you uh, how do you get paid uh, if one hundred percent goes to the cause? That is a question we get a lot, and I'm happy to explain. So, I work for Tasani Companies, is the name of it. It's an umbrella company where there's many businesses underneath that. My wage comes from them, and then any donation that comes in goes right back out. That's great. That's great. And is Tasani another uh, Travis Hansen company? It is. It is. It's the company that he initially started, and then there's businesses underneath that. Lyft Credit, um, Eddie, it's a, a new um, software company that's being launched this January. There's a few different things that he has going on. That's great. That's great. Well, what makes you so passionate about helping children? Tell us a little bit about you. You know what? I started out as a teacher, and so I love children. I love seeing their passion and how when we start young, that they really are, they can change the world. We just have to give them the tools to do it and teach them in the right way. Teaching them to love, accept, and to serve one another when they're small is something that I saw, and I saw the benefit of it. So starting as a teacher is what got my passion, um, really that fire about helping children and giving them that kind of that window of learning. We talk about a lot where when kids are in crisis, it's fight or flight. And as a teacher, I had the opportunity to open that window of learning and give them safety um, by giving them those fundamental things that they needed. Clean clothes, making sure that their teeth were brushed and different things of that nature. And I saw when I did that, how much they were able to learn so much more in my classroom. And so it got my mind rolling, like how can I do this on a larger scale? So started doing that and getting my name out in the community, joining any organization that would let me be on their board, spicing things up a bit if I didn't like the way they were going down because I wanted to make sure that we were really making a difference. We were really going where people needed it. And, yeah, so either organizations love me or hate me. 
Tell us about some of the things you've done internationally. I think you've done some fascinating work abroad. So we have 10 centers internationally. They're community centers. In these community centers, we have educational programs. We always make sure to have clean water there. We partner with local nonprofits so that way we're able to get exactly what that community needs. We don't take things here from the United States and go there. We go there, we want to support that local economy by hiring contractors, different people there, supplying needs, again, with their local economy, and then really basing our curriculum off of what they need. We can't come in with a U.S. curriculum to some of these cities and, and have it work. It just doesn't. So we go there, find out the need, and then that local nonprofit continues to keep that building running, and we just support it. That's great. Now, uh, what are some of the things that you are focused on here in the U.S.? Right now, some of the things, and actually currently are right here, we look again at kids and giving them that, that safety of what they need to be able to go back to school and feel safe, clean, and to be able to learn more. So we focus on the Children's Justice Center is somewhere that we're very passionate about. The Children's Justice Center is somewhere children go after they are sexually abused or physically abused. There they're interviewed, they're physically examined, and they're able to receive treatment and, as well as their family. And so instead of going to a police station, they go to this home-like facility and have that safety. And that's honestly been ripped from them. And their family is able to start that healing process again. So we're very passionate about helping them. It's kind of a hidden secret in most communities. It's a topic not a lot of people want to talk about. It's something that I'm not afraid to talk about, so I will. Um, because we want to spread that basically advocacy so that families know that if this happens in their house, they can have that change and that safety again in their child's life. Right now I'm currently at a high school where I've gone around to local boutiques and stores and asked them to donate clothing. And so right now I have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothing in one of these rooms. And we invite all the girls down in different groups and ask them to choose an outfit for themselves and then to grab an outfit for another woman who that they can empower. And so giving these girls the strength to know that their unique qualities is what's going to change the world. Because if we were all the same, Devin, if you and I were the same, we wouldn't, we wouldn't accomplish a lot. Yeah, that's right. But because we're different, and each one of these girls at this high school, they're all different, can make and change the world. But they can only do it if we work together and love the differences that we each have. So we ask them to take something for somebody else and to go empower them. So that's those those are a few of the things that we've got going on locally. Now, in January, uh, you are partnering with the Cornell alumni community, the yes. All Ivy uh, Plus community of Utah, and uh, and we've just decided to add the Your Mark on the World community to that group. And so uh, we're all coming together. Tell us about the project that we'll be doing that day. That day, we are actually going to be benefiting the Children's Justice Center. These centers have not been updated in centuries. They're honestly, they're very, very old and run down. Most of them are older homes, and they just need to be updated. So when these children go in, they're not covered in glass dolls and bunnies from the late 80s, but have an updated, clean look. And so as an organization, as a group, which I'm really excited about, we're going to go in, we're going to rip down some wallpaper, we're going to paint some walls, and we're going to brighten up some of these centers, um, these therapy rooms, and most importantly, these interview rooms where children go in to be interviewed. 
what kinds of things go on when the child is interviewed? Why is a child typically being interviewed there? They're being interviewed there because basically, and if you don't mind, I, I'll even share a personal story of why my passion is so strong in this instance. I'm a, a mother of five children, and my youngest daughter um, was a victim of sexual abuse. It was a world that, um, to be honest, I wasn't aware of and honestly ready to handle. Um, I reported, which is something that is uncommon. And after reporting, I was asked to bring my daughter to the Children's Justice Center. There around a table, counselors, um, the Special Victims Unit police officer, and DCFS workers were there. My daughter was able to choose who interviewed her and asked her about her story. There she was taken to rooms, and she got to decide what room she could be interviewed in. In that room, she chose the um, Special Victims Unit officer to interview her. In that room, her and the Special Victims Unit, he, she asked questions, Pearl answered, and there it was videotaped for evidence. So these rooms are very special because children have to share stories that are often very difficult for them to share. They're simple so that children don't use their imaginations. They're not filled with unicorns or things that we would often think. They're just simple rooms where these kids share experiences that as adults, we don't often want to hear. So this is, uh, these rooms are used at a time that's really difficult for these children. And I imagine the setting is important. Very important. You have to imagine going into these rooms for any income. That's the part that's really unique about sexual and physical abuse. There is no, it's not like only people in poverty it can be from, it's, it crosses all lines, boundary spectrums. It doesn't matter your race, kid, creed, all of it. And so you go into this facility that is runoff of donations, broken toys, um, pictures that are somewhat maybe popular back in the day, but could be a little bit frightening to some children nowadays. So the more we can do to modernize this and making all children comfortable from, from every, every aspect that's where we're going to benefit these families. That's where we're going to benefit these children. That's where they will know that they're in a safe place. From there, after the interview, they go down and they're physically examined in the same building so that they don't have to leave and make this traumatizing time more traumatizing. At that time, mom, dad, any relative, people who are involved are receiving counsel from the director of the CJC or other workers who have become their advocates through this entire process that can be very, very confusing. So this is a very important place. If one out of every four girl is abused and one out of every six, imagine how many children are going through these centers. Yeah, huge and, and uh, such a scary time. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit more about what you hope we accomplished that day in terms of uh, changing the experience for the children who are served there? What I know will happen is that we're going to go in and we're going to, to take down the kind of beige color of the walls, the old wallpaper, the pictures of Ronald McDonald, the clowns that are maybe a little bit frightening. We're going to take those down. We're going to paint those walls white. We're going to add a brightness to these rooms. So what, when these young men, young women walk into the room, the light or the darkness of the walls don't suck any light that they have. We're going to spread sunshine to these rooms 
So when these kids come in, they know that they can get rid of these evil things that happen to them and share them in, a, in comfort, that they can share them in a room that gives hope, gives light, gives a lot of sunshine. Carla, you're certainly an inspiration to a lot of people, a role model to many. Who do you look up to as a role model? Do you know what? That is a question I'm asked a lot. And I love looking out. I Honestly, when I meet someone, I'm just excited to learn from their experiences. And I'm lucky to be able to look up to a lot of people. But when I think of the one person who I want to emulate and want to be, it's actually my grandmother. My grandmother um, passed away at a young age of cancer. But her life was lived that she could constantly, constantly be of service, that she would really not judge anyone. She loved you no matter what. And that was something that I admired. I admired that she took me places that most parents wouldn't have taken their children to serve. And I am so grateful for the love that I have for people because of that. And that I love that she taught me to learn from people's experiences who oftentimes feel scary or people's experiences that might come across as judged or she taught me to love. And I'm grateful for that. That is something to be grateful for. So if you think back, you know, I, I wonder if you could just explain why this work is so important to you. I want to be clear that we all understand it's important, but you have dedicated your life to it. That's different. Why did you feel so personally responsible to solve these problems? For me, it came at a young age. Um, Devin, I was a quadriplegic when I was very young. And that experience taught me that I needed other people because I couldn't do things on my own. I was told that I would never walk again and that I would need the help and assistance of others for the rest of my life. I remember how humbling that experience was, thinking that I will never be able to move from this chair, take a bath on my own, that I would need my, the help of family, friends, and others. I have a really big stubborn streak, and I really don't like it when someone tells me I can't do something. So when they told me that I would never walk again, that was a challenge to me. I knew I would need the assistance of others to get to where I wanted to be, but I wasn't going to stop until I got there. I was lucky enough to be able to overcome my paralysis. I still don't have sensation in my legs, and it's a challenge that I face every day. It's a challenge that I'm grateful for because it has taught me what life is about. It's taught me that I need others, and in that sense, others need me. Because of this experience, I know what it's like to be without. I am a single mom. I have five kids. I have a daughter who's been abused. I've been in situations that not a lot of people like to talk about. But I know we need each other. And so I'm not afraid to talk about those circumstances. And I'm not afraid to lend a helping hand to someone who feels like they're alone. Because I had a time in my life 
that I couldn't do anything on my own. We talk about in Sunshine Heroes that the, our mission is one is enough. And every person is enough. And I will live my life for the rest of my life helping those around me see that they are enough because they have a power. When I see people running and walking, wish they knew how lucky they are because so many people can't. And I wish that they knew if they tried just a little bit harder, how much power that they would have. And when I look at individuals who are trying so hard to accomplish things that come so easily to other people, I applaud them. And I know that it's with those people who will work hard to accomplish those simple things that come easy to other people. We're the ones that will change the world because we're the ones that won't give up when times get tough. And I will do my best to show everyone that they have that in them. Wow. That's powerful, Carly. What's your superpower? My superpower? My superpower would be to read minds. Because we hide so much, and I would do anything to know who else I can help. That's great. That's a really powerful superpower. Uh, <laughs> I think we'd all like to be able to learn learn to read minds. I know. <laughs> uh, Carly, uh, tell people how they can learn more about uh, Sunshine Heroes, how they can get in touch with you. Sunshine Heroes, you can reach us on Facebook, on Instagram, and just on our website at www.spreadsunshine.org. You can reach me at Carly. K-A-R-L-I at spreadsunshine.org. You can check us out anywhere. I would love for more people to get involved and to be a part of an organization that you can trust. That you can trust that whatever comes in, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. Everything that we do has clarity and is very transparent. And I will stand by that as long as I'm here. Fantastic. Well, Carly, thank you so much for being with us today. We wish you every success in your efforts to change the world going forward. Thank you. And thank you again for having me on. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devon is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.